Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 172. It is Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and how you can make $2 million. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning and happy Thursday. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. Wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, listen, comment, or share, review, that would be great. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can now go to Facebook or LinkedIn or both and join the group Get HIPAA Compliance, where we share lots of HIPAA information and knowledge. All right, first up on threat post, leak exposes private data of genealogy service users and exposed Elasticsearch server belonging to software MacKeev put 60,000 users of Ancestry.com's family tree maker software at risk. A server containing information of users of a genealogy service has exposed the data of 60,000 users, putting them at risk for fraud, phishing, and other cyber criminal activity. Research led by Aveshi Afrat at WizCase has discovered the leak which affected an open and unencrypted Elasticsearch server that belonged to software MacKeev, according to report posted online by Chase Williams, a web security expert at WizCase. Software MacKeev, and it's spelled M-A-C-K-I-E-V, currently maintains the Family Tree Maker or FTM software, which in turn syncs user data or widely of a widely known family history search platform, Ancestry.com. The leak exposed a MacKeev server with 25 gigs of Ancestry user data and MacKeev software user subscriptions, including software, including information such as email addresses, user location, user support messages, and technical data. Most of the users whose data was leaked appear to be U.S. residents, according to the report. So uh, some people that have used software called Family Tree Maker, which connects to Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com may have had their information leaked in an exposed Elasticsearch database. It doesn't say on which clouds, which uh, IAAS provider, you know, whether it was AWS or Azure or someone else, it doesn't say, but Google, this is on ZDNet. Google, here comes 11 new security features across Gmail, Meet, and Chat. Google's offering customers the chance to show their corporate logo in Gmail if they adopt DMARC email authentication plus other security updates. Um, the security updates. So here we go. Google has announced a pilot for corporate avatars in Gmail that's tied to DMARC adoption, a raft of new G Suite security features to protect Gmail, Meet, and Chat, and new tools for admins to manage mobile devices and data leakage from Google Drive. Google has announced a pilot of a stra- uh, standard, it's backing called Brand Indicators for Message Identification, or BIMI, for organizations that want their email to display a corporate logo in Gmail's avatar slot. The BIMI pilot isn't just for marketing, though, as it will require participating organizations to authenticate their emails using domain-based methods authenticating, reporting, and conformance, also known as DMARC. D-M-A-R-C. The DMARC protocol can help stamp out email spoofing, a key ingredient in phishing attacks and business email compromise scams, but in part because implementing DMARC is an easy adoption of the email authentication protocol has remained extremely low in the privacy 
I'm sorry, in the private and public sectors with the exception of U.S. federal agencies that are subject to a 2017 DH, DHS order mandating DMARC adoption. Google's brand initiative could be a carrot for DMARC adoption while helping keep email marketing relevant and protecting the medium from an erosion of trust. In China, DMARC adoption is strikingly low, likely because consumers prefer corporate communication via WeChat and SMS rather than email. Organizations that use DMARC can submit their corporate logos to certificate authorities and trust, data card, and digicert to validate logo ownership. Once the authenticated emails have been scanned by Google's anti-abuse checks, Gmail will display the logo in the avatar box. The pilot starts in a few weeks with a limited number of senders ahead of full rollout planned in the coming months. From there, organizations can choose whether they want to adopt the BIMI standard Google's also beefing up security controls for Google Meet, one of the options schools and workplaces have turned to for remote working during the coronavirus pandemic. Think of it as a, a Zoom alternative. So they are improving security across the board, as are many companies right now, because the work from home and working remote reality is um, looking more and more like, for some people, it will be permanent. On bleeping computer, Twilio exposes SDK attackers injected with malvertising code. Twilio today disclosed that its task router, JS SDK, was compromised by attackers after they gained access to one of its misconfigured Amazon AWS S3 buckets, which left the SDK's path publicly readable and writable for roughly five years. Wow, since 2015. Twilio is a cloud communications platform as a service company that powers communications for over 40,000 businesses and helps developers add voice, video, messaging, and authentication capabilities to the apps using Twilio's web service APIs. The company's customer list includes Twitter, Netflix, Uber, Shopify, Morgan Stanley, Airbnb, Wix, Spotify, Yelp, Hulu, Intuit, ING, eBay, and countless others. According to an incident report published by Twilio today, the attackers injected the malicious code only within version 1.20 of the task router JS SDK library used by customers to route tasks to agents or processes via the Twilio, Twilio task router attrib attribute-based routing engine. This, due to a misconfiguration in the S3 bucket that was hosting the library, bad actor was able to inject code that made the user's browsers load an extraneous URL that has been associated with the Magecart group of attacks. Um... So they have corrected that, and it was only version 1.20. So if you weren't using 1.20, then you're safe. But if you were, then you may need to take further action. Also on Bleeping Computer, Lazarus hackers deploy ransomware, steal data using MATA, M-A-T-A, malware. A recently discovered malware framework known as MATA and linked to the North Korean-backed hacking group known as Lazarus was used in attacks targeting corporate entities from multiple countries since April of 2018 for ransomware deployment and data theft. Among the targeted countries, security researchers with Kaspersky Labs Global Research and Analysis team who spotted MATA mentioned Poland, Germany, Turkey, Korea, Japan, and India. Lazarus also tracked as hidden cobra by the United States intelligence community and Zinc by Microsoft used MATA to compromise and infect machines of companies with activities in various industries, including but not limited to a software development company, an internet service provider, and an e-commerce company. While Kaspersky's report doesn't mention the attacker's motivation, the North Korean hackers are well known for being financially motivated as shown by their campaigns. They hacked Sony Films in 2014 as part of the Operation Blockbuster and were behind the 2017 global WannaCry ransomware epidemic. 
Since they were first spotted in 2007, Lazarus launched attacks against financial organizations from India, Mexico, Pakistan, Philippines, South Korea, Taiwan, Turkey, Chile, and Vietnam, as well as on Bitcoin exchanges and targets in aerospace, engineering, government, media, and technology industry sectors. It's uh, interesting the U.S. doesn't make that list. So MATA, the MATA malware framework is a modular framework with several components, including a loader, orchestrator, and multiple plugins, and it can be used to infect Windows, Linux, and Mac OS systems. During their attacks, the hackers can use MATA to load several plugins into the infected system's memory, running commands, manipulating files and processes, injecting DLLs, creating HTTP proxies and tunnels on Windows devices. MATA plugins also allow the hackers to scan for new targets on macOS and Linux-based machines, routers, firewalls, or IoT devices. On the macOS platform, MATA can also load a plugin, SOX module, that can be used to configure proxy servers. So there you have it, Lazarus, the Lazarus group, um, now launching attacks using a new framework, it sounds like, and able to use still data with that malware. On bleeping computer, also Microsoft Outlook crashes, deletes emails, or deletes mails for, s I guess that's emails, for some pop accounts. Some Microsoft 365 customers might experience Outlook crashes after updating to version 2006 build 13001.20266 and higher according to an office support document. Outlook will also delete three or more emails from their inboxes for accounts configured to retrieve emails from pop post office protocol account from download headers only. Pop accounts are usually configured to download only the headers, including the sender and the subject of the email from the mail server when the user has a slow internet connection. Another use case would be when users wanted to want to immediately have access to the large batch of messages and not having to wait for the server to also download the mail bodies and attachments. Um, so this is a, a, a glitch, I guess, in the latest release of Microsoft 365 Outlook update um, how to prevent Outlook from crashing customers who need to work through this issue to prevent the Microsoft 365 email client from crashing on their systems and deleting emails can revert to previous office version not affected by this problem according to Microsoft reverting to version 2005 build 12827.20470 released on June 24th should put a stop to the crashes to do this you need to type run in the Windows search box and select the run app, copy and paste the following line in run box and select OK. So you have, you're obviously not going to copy and paste, but if you wanted to, you can go to Bleepy Computer and um, look for the article, but it's C colon backslash program files, backslash common files, backslash Microsoft space shared, sla backslash click to run backslash office to our client dot exa space forward slash update space user update i'm sorry update space user space update to version equals 16.0.12827.20470 and that will update it for you um also just just to make note of it you shouldn't really be using pop email anymore it's not secure and it's not very useful so it might be time to update your email as well on bleeping computer, new meow attack, and that is meow like as in cat attack, has wiped dozens of unsecured databases. Dozens of, uh, dozens of unsecured databases exposed on public website are the target of an automated meow attack that destroys data without any explanation. 
The activity started recently and hits Elasticsearch and MongoDB instances indiscriminately without leaving any explanation or even a ransom note. A quick search by bleeping computer on the IoT search engine Shodan has found dozens of databases that have been affected by this attack. These attacks have pushed researchers into a race to find the exposed databases and report them responsibly before they become meowed. The most recent publicly known example of the meow attack is an Elasticsearch database belonging to a VPN provider that claimed not to keep any logs. And it was, uh, I didn't, didn't want to share it here, but there was another article on another website about VPN providers that are not, that are keeping logs. So discovered by researchers Bob Dechenko, the database was initially secured in July only to become exposed again five days later. The second time, though, the owner no longer received a well-intended notification. Instead, they got meowed with almost all records getting wiped. Dechenko told Bibli Computer, that there are not many details about the attacker or the purpose of their actions. He says that the attack appears to be an automated script that overwrites or destroys the data completely. Researchers first observed the Meow database attacks a few days ago. They could be the work of a vigilante trying to give administrators a hard lesson in security by raining destruction on unsecured data. Um, so secure your databases, first of all. Second of all, um, I'm, I'd be willing to bet we're going to see this evolve into something bigger at some point. So, uh, you know, something to consider before you leave databases exposed, Elasticsearch, MongoDB, or any other database exposed on the Internet. Bleep computer, critical SharePoint flaw dissected, root kit, uh, I'm sorry, uh, remote code execution details now available. So that means you can count on, this is CVE 2020 47, there will be attacks now. Details are now available for exploiting a critical security vulnerability that affects Microsoft SharePoint, increasing the risk of attacks on unpatched systems. Technical blog last week, or I'm sorry, this week, explains how the bug works and how a low-privileged user can leverage it to run arbitrary code remotely on a target SharePoint server. The flaw received the tracking number CVE 2020-1147, which has a severity rating of 9.8 out of 10, which means it's pretty, pretty critical, um, and also impacts .NET Framework and Visual Studio. Microsoft released a fix in this month's rollout of security updates. Security researcher Stephen Seeley provides a complete root cause analysis of the issue and how it can be exploited to achieve remote code execution on a vulnerable SharePoint server. At the heart of it, the bug is a failure to check the source markup of XML file input, allowing an attacker to run the code of their choice in the context of the process in charge of XML content deserialization. On this site, Sealy goes through all the steps required to create the code that enables the execution of system command and abusing the controls that allow doing it remotely. Sealy's analysis is intended to help understand the underlying technology. It can be used to build a fully working attack script but it does not provide an exploit that can be used to deploy an attack. Nevertheless, the organizations should prioritize applying the patch. Microsoft's exploitability assessment is that CVE 2020-1147 is a attractive target for threat actors who could leverage it consistently. So get that fixed. It's already, the patch is available. Get it patched. Bleeping Computer US offers $2 million for info on Ukrainians charged for SEC hack. The U.S. Department of State today announced rewards of up to $1 million for information that would lead to the arrest of convic or conviction of Ukrainian nationals Artem 
Bichelosvich, Radchenko, and Alexander Vitelovich Iremenko. Uh, the State Department is offering the $1 million bounties under the Transnational Organized Crime Rewards Program and says that it has already paid over $130 million in rewards under TORCP for information leading to the apprehension of 75 transnational criminals. Redchenko and Iremenko were charged in January of 2019 with securities fraud conspiracy, computer fraud conspiracy, wire fraud conspiracy, wire fraud, as well as computer fraud in a 16-count unsealed indictment. indictment. Redchenko allegedly coordinated an international securities fraud scheme and recruited Iremenko and other hackers who compromised the electronic data gathering analysis and retrieval system of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission via directory traversal attacks, phishing attacks, and infected computers and malware. After gaining access to the SEC's Edgar system, according to the indictment, the hackers allegedly stole thousands of files between May 2016 and October 2016, including annual and quarterly earnings reports with confidential and non-public financial info disclosed by publicly traded companies to the SEC. So if you want to make a couple million dollars, find those guys. And finally, on healthcare IT news, experts predict support for some but not all telehealth expansion measures. Among the takeaways at this week's Telehealth Innovation Forum, those hoping for long-term state licensure waivers across the board may be in for a disappointment. An expert panel convened at today's at Tuesday's Teledoc-sponsored Telehealth Innovation Forum predicted changes to the originating and geographic site requirements for telehealth but not to state licensure waivers, allowing physicians from one state to practice in another. So, in other words, you can still practice telehealth, but you cannot do it across state borders. Although licensure waivers have been of particular importance during the COVID-19 pandemic, Claudia Duck-Tucker, Vice President of Government Affairs at Teladoc, predicted that on that topic, at least everything will go back to pre-COVID. The waivers, which were largely issued by governor's office and boards of medicine, came with a specific start date and specific end date, said Tucker. Some states have extended the life of those, but when the emergency is over, Everything will go back to pre-COVID days. Healthcare is regulated at the state level with the exception of federal programs. She explained, there's no appetite that I've seen with the state boards of medicine or the AMA to relinquish that control, though she noted that it's not a bad thing. So you can expect telehealth to return to almost normal after the pandemic is over, um, but not 100%. So there will still be telehealth exceptions within state borders because of the way um, healthcare is, is managed and, and you know managed at the state level but um, it you know you will not be able to provide telehealth services across state borders because of those rules so that is going to do it for this edition of the product of IT cybersecurity daily until tomorrow stay healthy stay safe and stay secure